Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. So glad you could join us. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O Lord God, we thank you once again for this time that we have to spend with you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. And I pray, O Lord God, that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O Lord God. Open their eyes that they may see, open their ears that they may hear, and open their hearts that they may understand your words here today, O Lord, in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we praise you. We magnify thy most glorious name in the master's name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God again. Pastor Mike here. Glad you could join us. Uh, uh, I'll say right at the outset, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you just hit pause and go and get your Bible, get a marker or a pen, a piece of paper, and you know, take some notes and mark up your Bible as we go along. Uh, you'd be surprised how these scriptures that we cover uh, during these messages here can come back to uh, minister to you at some other point in time. You know, So let the Holy Spirit have his way and, uh, and minister to you. Amen. Amen. Praise the living God. As I just bring up my Bible here, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. All right, there we are. I just want to start off by asking you um, if you ever had something happen to you where uh, you were believing for something, believing for a job, you know, a, a house, uh, or maybe a relationship to, the, to develop a, a car. You know, did you ever believe and really wanted something and, and something that you wanted really, really bad, okay, only to have things just fall apart? And you don't get it, okay? You don't wind up achieving or, or getting that thing that you're hoping and praying so hard for. As a matter of fact, based on everything that you did, okay, you 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 prayed about it, you took notes, you studied, maybe maybe you prepared spreadsheets and everything like that to help you achieve this goal, whatever goal, whatever it may have been. If it was concerning an individual, maybe you, you were very, very, very nice and polite while you were courting this young lady or while you were hoping this young man would, would uh, talk to you and so forth. You did everything you could possibly do. And you thought that you had it. You thought the job was accomplished. You thought the car was well, it was a piece of cake that you had that. But, but all of a sudden, that particular thing that you were hoping for so badly was simply out of reach. It just kind of slipped through your fingers. Okay, as I say, you prayed about it and you thought you heard from God even. Maybe you really, really prayed and you believed that God gave you some direction, you know, and, and this is what you thought that you heard and, and you went on and you acted and so forth. But still, things still didn't work out. Things still did not come your way. The door was closed, okay? In effect, the door was closed in your face on that thing that you were praying and hoping so hard for. So what do you do? What do you do? Well, first, we have to understand about closed doors. And that's what I want to talk about here today is closed doors. We need to learn to praise the Lord even as much for a closed door as we do for an open door. You say, oh, well, Pastor Michael G. Liz, you know, I really, really wanted that thing to happen. I really wanted things to work out my way. And you're saying to praise, praise God even though things didn't go my way. And I'm saying yes, because according to Scripture, that's what we should do. And as usual, let's go to Scripture to see what it says. Let's go to James 1, uh, verse number 2. <coughs> Excuse me, allergies kind of acting up today, so um, I'm sniffling a little bit. So I pardon, please in, indulge my sniffles. <laughs> Praise the living God. Uh, James 1, and I want to go to verse number 2. And it says, My brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, actually, that means various trials. OK, when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, the trying of your faith works patience. 
But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That you may be perfect, wanting nothing. Okay, so you see there that patience works, uh, faith works patience. Having having faith in God that things are going to work out, that it, it helps to develop patience in our lives. But the first, the first uh, the, uh, verse there, or the second verse there, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. So during that particular time that we're going through a trial, during a particular time that we're waiting for something to materialize, we still, we praise God. Okay, we praise God and we thank God for the things that we do have. You know, you need to thank God for the very fact that you woke up this morning and you opened your eyes and you, you're experiencing another beautiful day of life. You need to thank God the fact, you know, that you're able, if you have a job, that you, you have a job, you have a loving family, you have a roof over your head. You need to thank, you thank God for every, every heartbeat that you have. Okay. While some out there listening to this message may not be working, maybe you're praying for a job, but there are many things that you can be thankful for. You know, thank God that you have a heartbeat. Thank God that you can see. Amen. Amen. Thank God that you're breathing. You know, the most basic things that we just take so for granted, breathing and breath and, and a heartbeat. Thank God. Okay. But, but the word of God that says, my brethren, count a little joy when you fall into various trials or divers temptation, as it says. But getting back to closed doors, the reason that God closes doors or permits a door to be closed is because of the fact that God has not prepared anything over there through that door, has not prepared anything over there for you, okay? The reason that God will close the door is because on the other side of that door, God has not prepared anything for you. So he doesn't want you to go through that door. He didn't close the, if he didn't close the wrong door, then you would not find the right door. Okay, think about that. If God did not close, close that door, then you wouldn't find the right door. All right? You may wind up going someplace that God does not want you to be. God, now listen to this carefully. God directs our path through the clothing, closing and opening of doors. God directs our path in life through the closing and the opening of doors. Okay. Once a door closes, it forces you to change your course. All right. Now you think about it, if you go to try to get into a room in your house, and for some reason that room in your house, that bedroom door for some reason is locked, then you have to go someplace else, obviously, because you can't walk through a locked door, okay? So when God closes a door in our lives, or when God permits a door to be closed in our lives, it's because of the fact that if we didn't, he didn't close that door, then we would not find the right one, okay? Then another door in life might close, and then it forces you to change direction again. Okay. One door closes, you change direction, you go in that another direction, then another door closes, and then you wind up changing direction again. And then finally what happens, you find the open door and you walk right through into your blessings. Okay. So if you can just picture that for a minute, it's like you're going through, like you're going through this house or this hallway of different doors and you try a doorknob and it's locked. Okay. I'll change direction. I'll go this way. You, you turn another doorknob and it's locked. The door is locked and you change direction again. You go another way. And then finally you turn the doorknob to the right door and that door opens for you. Okay. Well, that is how God directs our lives. He'll, he'll put a series of doors that are there in our lives, okay? And the things that we are trying to achieve through the wrong door, he will not permit it to open. Or where we're going, he'll just simply close it in our faces and stop us from going through it, okay? And we keep on trying, keep on changing direction until we finally get to the right door. And when we get to that right door, that's where you walk through, and that's when you achieve your blessing. Amen? 
Amen. Amen. There was a game show one time, I remember, and I don't even recall the name of it, but they tell you, that, you know, which door will you choose? Door number one, door number two, door number three. And if, if the contestant chose the right door, the door that was open, then he would get the prize, get the grand prize and everything. Okay. okay. So God manages our lives by opening and closing doors for us. If a door is closed, though, as I said in the, in, in the onset of this message here, we have to have patience. We have to have patience. We have to have patience. Okay. And keep on working through, keep on working through and let God guide you. Okay, so awaiting the right door. Sometimes you'll say, well, well, how do I how do I know when the right door is before me? Okay, how long do I have to wait? How do I know? Well, firstly, while awaiting the door, as I said before, the right door, we need to have patience. Okay, now let's go to Galatians 6, verse 7. Galatians 6, verse number 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Okay? Be not deceived. Don't be, God is not going to be mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall uh, reap if we faint not. Please underline that in your Bible. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I say again, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Okay. So that's so the, 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 the key phrase here, the key part of, of verse number nine, uh, nine is for in due season we shall all reap if you faint not. So that means don't give up. A door closes, you do not give up. You just keep on going, keep on going on. You keep on doing what you're doing and until God directs you to do otherwise, okay? And, and faint not means that you don't give up. You don't get weak knee. Oh, it sucks. I didn't get that position. I didn't get that car. Uh, this didn't happen. This didn't happen. I had all, man, all, all, all of my bets were on that, me getting that position or whatever it is that you're trying to achieve and it doesn't, doesn't work out for you. You don't faint, okay? You, you, don't, you don't give up. We are children of God. We have to know that God is on our side and that God is working for us at all times, at all times, okay? We also see that if we go to Isaiah 40, 31. Now, we've been, we've been here before on various, uh, various occasions. Isaiah 40, verse 31. This is a good scripture to memorize, by the way, or highlight it in your Bible if it isn't already highlighted, because this is a scripture that applies to our lives in so many times. You know, think about it. And this is a scripture that Holy Spirit will bring back to, to, memories from, uh, to remembrance from time to time, especially if you're struggling with something. Verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Okay? All right? So they that wait on the Lord, that's us. If we wait on the, on the Lord, you will renew your strength. All right? So that's, that's, again, something doesn't go through for you. A door is closed. Bang. It's closed shut. You, you, you wait on the Lord. Okay? And you shall renew your strength. God will renew your strength. Okay? It says, says that you shall mount up with wings as eagles. I don't know if you've ever seen an, an eagle soar. 
I don't even say fly because an eagle kind of soars, you know. You know, an eagle gives a, a here here in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you, you see eagles, you know, and and they flap their wings, you know, maybe a couple of times, and they just soar. They soar, and they have this ability to soar on the the upward drafts, the hot air that lifts them up and everything. And they don't flap their wings feverishly, you know. You want to compare it to? I always say, look at it. You watch a barnyard chicken that's out there, you know, how it tries to get around. You know, it flaps its wings frantically and it barely gets off the ground and so forth. You know, but an eagle, a couple of graceful flaps of his wings and he soars, okay, on those hot airs, okay, the hot air, the hot air currents. And so it is with us, you know, you know, the, the hot air currents, you know, can be representative of those, those, those hot times in our lives, you know, that they, they give us so much turmoil and they give us so much difficulty. If you can picture the hot air currents that as an eagle, you flap your wings and you soar over, over the hot air of your life, over those difficult times in your life, God will give you the strength and you will soar over those problems that you have. Okay. It says, wait on the Lord. The Lord will renew your strength. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Okay, so that means you will not be tired. Whatever it is that you're doing, you may feel like you're really running in a race and so forth, but you will not tire out and you shall walk and not faint. Okay, so that means that God will give us strength while we're waiting. If that door was closed for whatever it was that you were hoping for, whatever's going on in your life now that may seem like like a lot of a lot of heat in your life is just building up. You know, you know, picture yourself as that eagle and let God renew your strength. So you can just just flap your wings a couple of times and soar above those problems of life. Don't give up. Don't give up. Do not faint. Do not get weary because God is there working with us. And many times we just forget about that. So this is a good scripture for you to 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 mark down the scripture number, number and verse. That's Isaiah 40, verse 31. Or if you can memorize the whole verse, that is great. Because when you got something going on in your life that's difficult, remember that. Wait on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord. Okay. He'll give you the strength. Okay. So, see, so then we have to stop and, and think to ourselves then, 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 uh, let, let God take you to that door that will lead you. Okay. We're talking about open doors and closed doors. So then, then if you've closed, experienced a closed door, so then we need to let God take us to that door that will lead us to where we need to be. Okay. Now, if, if, if we, if we can understand and settle on, on the concept, that God closes a door because what is on the other side of the door or the destination that that door leads to is not where God wants you to be, okay? Then the open door is a door that leads to the place that God wants you to be, wherever that is. And you wonder where that is, you know, okay? You want, where is that place that God wants me to be? And how do you know where God wants you to be? How will you know when you're there? Okay, how will you know when you're at the right door and when you when you are indeed at the place that God wants you to be? How will you know that you're there? Okay. Now, we've all had children in the car at one time or another. Or if you haven't, you, I'm sure you've heard the old the old expression where a child, a child on a long trip will keep asking the parents driving the car. Gee whiz, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Oh, mommy, are we there yet? And you say, yeah, 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 we'll be there. We'll be there. So we got to get gas and after you get the gas. So, are we there yet? And so they keep saying, are we there yet? Are we there? And many times we, as adults even, if you've been on a long trip, okay, and it gets kind of monotonous, even though maybe you have your headphones on and so forth, you're, you're starting to get tired of, of just traveling. And then even as adults, we wind up saying, gee whiz, are we there yet? Have we gotten to our destination? Are we there yet? Now, relative to the word there, there can have different meanings, okay? Am I there yet? There can have different meanings, whether we're talking about a physical location or a spiritual state of being, 
Okay. Now, a physical location or a spiritual state of being. Physical location is easy. You know, have I gotten to my destination yet? Am I in the town or city or place that I need to be, that I want to be? Am I there? A spiritual destination can be your walk in the Lord. Maybe you've been praying for certain gifts. Okay. Maybe you've been praying for certain insights. Maybe you've been praying for it to have a supernatural anointing of faith that you just, you want to be in a point there where you don't get discouraged so much. So then sometimes you may be saying, gee whiz, when am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? When am I going to get there where I can have just total faith and confidence in God? Well, that's a spiritual state of being. A physical state of being is easy. You know, am I physically where I need to be? How do I get there? When am I going to get there? A spiritual state of being may be something else that you're praying for. Maybe you just feel like, 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 like you haven't achieved in the Lord yet what it is that you feel that you need to achieve. So are you there yet? Lord, when am I going to get there to that place in you? Okay. All right. So, so, and so am I there yet becomes a, a, a pivotal point in our lives, especially as Christians. As I say, they can have, it can have different meanings. One time I ran into a, a coworker who told me how she was planning on eating in a particular restaurant. But then um, at the last minute, she decided, well, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to another restaurant. And when she went to that particular restaurant, lo and behold, there was someone that she hadn't seen in a long time. And recently, over the, the past several weeks and whatnot, this person that she saw there in, in the distance in, in this restaurant, uh, was, 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 uh, she was worried about her and everything like that and was concerned about her. And, she was, you know, and now she changes her mind and goes to this other restaurant. And there this person is at the restaurant that she decided to go to. When she went up and talked to the person, she turned around and said, oh, gee whiz, am I so glad to see you. And they sat down and ate lunch and they talked and everything. And, and the woman that she met, you know, was going through some difficult times and everything. And because of the fact that she had changed her mind and gone to this other restaurant and met her friend that she hadn't seen in a while, she was able to minister to her, minister to her as the Holy Spirit so guided. And she needed to see that person so badly. So both of them wound up being blessed by the fact that at the at, at some point in time on her walk, walk to this other restaurant, she decided to change her direction and she went to where God wanted her to be. This was her there. OK, that's where she needed to be to meet this woman, to minister to her. And by that account, both of them were blessed. OK, the woman in need was blessed and the woman who was able to do the blessing through the Lord there was also blessed because now her heart was relieved and she knew that this woman was going to her friend was going to be OK. OK, so that was her there. She had to be she had to be where um, where, where God wanted her to be at that particular time. OK, she was blessed by seeing the person that was indeed her there. OK, so you ask yourself again here today, what is your there? What is your there? Okay. Be it a physical location or a spiritual location. What, what is, is your there? Now, throughout scripture, we see a lot of evidence about people experiencing their there. Okay. Them being where they needed to be. Okay. And this is what I want to get to today. Okay. Okay. Where is your there? Or what is your there? So that we can understand how God is working in our lives. And everything, of course, is according to God's will and God's timing. God will open a door that sends you to a place where you are blessed. That is your there. God opens that door that you are meant to go through. You go through that door. That is your there. Where that, that destination where God is taking you. That is your there. That is your there. Okay. God will send you to a place where you will bring a blessing to someone else. That's your there because that's where you need to be. 
However, many times we want to be, we want to be somewhere. Let me say I love you. However, many times we want to be someplace in life where God does not want us to be. Okay. Many times we want to have a destination where God does not want us to travel. Many times we will be somewhere where God didn't have intentions for us to be there in the first place. When we are where God wants us to be, okay, when we are where God wants to be, God will be glorified through us and blessings will abound. Okay, understand that. When we are where God wants us to be, God will be glorified through us, okay, and blessings will abound on us, okay, when we're where God wants us to be. And where God wants us to be could be a physical location, or it could be a spiritual state of being, okay, when you arrive to that place. That's when God is being glorified through your life, and then you are indeed going to be blessed, okay? And again, what does Scripture say on that? We go to 1 Kings 17, verse 1. 1 Kings 17, verse number 1, Okay. And you may, you may remember these series of events here in the Old Testament about Elijah. And Elijah, verse 1, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward. And hide thyself by the brook Cherubith, that is, before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Underline that. I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So so, so God has given him a, him a direction now. He's telling him, this is where I want you to be. Okay, That's where you need to be. He said that I will feed you there. And then the next verse five says, and so he went and did. So underline that because now you see he was obedient to what God told him to do. Okay. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Okay. So here God is giving direction, which is often the times with us. God will give us direction. This is where you need to be. That's your there. Go there. Again, it could be a physical location or it could be a spiritual state of being where God wants you to achieve something. So he's saying, this is where I want you to be. So we have to be obedient as he was in verse number five. It says, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Verse number six says, and the ravens and the, uh, and the ravens brought him bread and fish, bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Okay. So now, because of the fact that he was obedient to where God told him to be, that was his there. He went there and God provided for him. God gave him food and water. So when we obey God and we go to where God wants us to be, when we get there, God is going to provide us. God will provide for us whatever it is that we need. He will bless us and he'll care for us. He'll tend to us while we're there. But the key is for us to be obedient. Okay? Because where God wants you to be, that's your there. That's where you need to be. Verse number seven says, and it came to pass after a while, uh, it came to pass after a while, uh, sorry, uh, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, you know, let me just pause there for a moment. Verse number seven here. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, remember what he had told him, he had prophesied to him in verse number one. 
Okay. There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Okay. So God sent him out of the situation. He sent him to a place where indeed he was able to eat and have water. While indeed there was a drought. It came to pass, verse seven, it came to pass where after a while the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. You see, see, so again, God knows what is about to come down. And if we follow God's direction, then we will be in a place. We will be where God needs us to be. And will thereby we will be, be, be protected from other things that may be coming down the pike. God will be watching out for us. Okay, We will be in a place of safety. He'll provide for us the whole time that we're there. But we have to make sure that we do what he's telling us to do. We have to be where our there is supposed to be because that's where God will provide for us and that's where God will bless us. Verse number eight says, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, more direction now, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. Again, this is his there. This is a door that, that he, that God wants him to go through. That's where he needs to be. I have, I have commanded a widow there to sustain thee. So he arose and went to Zarephath. Again, obedience, obedience there. He did exactly what the Lord didn't question him. He went, he did exactly what the Lord told him to do. He arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a, a morsel of bread in thine hand. So here he's asking the strangers for something to drink and something to eat. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. So she had nothing. She had nothing. What little bit she had, she was... She, she, she was, was resigned to the fact that I'll make this little bit of food and then my son and I just will eat this last bit and we'll, we're just going to die because we have, we have nothing else to eat. Okay. But now this guy and this stranger is coming and saying, gee whiz, can you make me a cake? Can you imagine how that must have really seen? Can you imagine if you had nothing, nothing or very, very little for you and your family? And then a total stranger just kind of walks off the road, walks in off the road and asks you, can you give me, you know, basically your last meal? How would you respond to that? How would you respond? Okay. So she says here, the little bit that we may eat it and die. Verse 13 says, and Elijah said unto her, fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and thy son. Now that's even kind of a step worse. Imagine again, this person coming in off the street and saying to you, you, you have very little. I understand that, but take what little you have and give and prepare and make for me first and then for yourself. How would most people respond to that? Okay. When you had nothing yourself, okay. To give to me first. Okay. Then he goes on to say there in verse 14, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Okay. All right. So there was still this time of this drought now, and the woman had nothing, but he's saying that the Lord said that your meal, your provisions will not fail until the rain comes back. All right. Now, how many people would even believe that? You don't know this guy that's walked in off the street. But he's telling you, if you give me your last bit of food, you know, you know, all you got is a is one slice of bologna left for you and your family. And he's saying to me that you make me a sandwich from that bologna first 
And trust me, that baloney will not fail, okay? Because there will be more coming. There will be more coming. Verse 15 says, And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days, all right? So she followed what this prophet said to do. And as a result of that, they wound up eating many, many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. All right. Now, again, this is being blind obedience to what the word of God is saying. All right. You never know by what method the word of God is going to be delivered to you. All right. You don't know how, whether a total stranger, like in this case, may come and tell you something. Use some Holy Spirit discernment, of course, you know, to, to make sure this is indeed God speaking to you, you know. And, and she had a, a level of faith here that she just knew that this man was speaking the word of God because she did what he did, what she asked him to do. She did what he asked her to do. Amen. Amen. So the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, just like God had said, which he spoke by Elijah. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. Okay. The boy died. The boy got sick and died. And she said to Elijah, what have I done with thee, O thou man of God? She knew it was a man of God again, I say, O thou man of God. Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? Did you come this way just to revisit to me the things that I did in the past and then take my son and kill my son like that? And he said unto her, give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid, up, laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slay, slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. Let this child's soul come unto him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. The boy came back to life. Elijah prayed, and the boy came back to life. And the boy came back to life. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered unto him his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. Okay. Now, in these instances, again, Elijah found his there. That was where he needed to be. If he had not obeyed the word of the Lord and went to that woman, if the woman, on the other hand, had not obeyed what the word of God was saying, what God was saying through Elijah, all right, then her son would have died because he was, there was no food or anything like that. Right? And, and Elijah would not have been there to revive the boy. You see, so because of Elijah being obedient and going to where God wanted him to be, Elijah found his there and was able to bless this woman to revive her son and to instill into her another level of faith in terms of all of that food just, just not, not running out. Okay. The oil and the, 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 the uh, flour for the cake, for the bread, it just didn't run out. Okay. So again, being obedient to when God is opening a door and telling us to go through that door during that time, if we are where God wants to be, then we are in our there. 
then God will provide during that time and blessings will fall upon you and you will possibly be winding up blessing someone else. It's a matter of us following God's direction and going through the door that he opens for us and telling us to step through. If a door is closed, God does not want you to go through it because there is no there for you through that door. So God will close that door. Let that door be closed in, 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 in time for you to, for, not, for another door to be opened where you will go through, where you will find you're there and that's where your blessing will be. That's where God will work through you and in turn bless someone else. We also see that if we go to uh, Acts 8.26, Acts 8, verse 26. Another very interesting set of events here that we see in Old Testament. And the angel of the, verse 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Underline that word go, because here again we see God giving direction. Okay. And God gives us direction. You know, many times that direction that we hear from God, I always say God is sovereign and he can use whatever means he wishes to communicate to you. But rarely do we hear a, a audible spoken voice from God. I mean, he can if he chooses to. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He doesn't do that today because he does. I've heard God's voice. All right? And you say, oh, Pastor Mike is, is Lula. No, no, no. I've heard God's voice. And many other, many other Christians Many other believers have heard God's voice audibly, too. I don't hear it all the time, you know, but I, I have on occasion when God needs me to hear it for whatever his reasons are. But God will, may speak to you in, in your spirit, man, in your heart, with a knowing, this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to do. We have to be obedient. Once you've determined, once you, you've ascertained uh, uh, through, through discernment and through listening to the Holy Spirit and through realizing that that word for, to you to go and do so forth, so forth, and so on, is in line with God's word. And it's not the devil speaking to you or not self speaking to you, okay? This is God telling you to go. You have to be obedient and go, as we've just read in these scriptures here. Every case that we've read so far, when God said go someplace, that's what the person did. We have to make sure we're the, we're the, we're the same way. If you want to get through that door that God has ready for us to be where God wants us to be, to find our there, then we have to make sure we're obedient. He said, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Verse 27. And he arose and went. Obedience again. He arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, and a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah, or Isaiah, the prophet. Then the spirit said unto uh, Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot, okay? So now the Holy Spirit says to him, go, go near to this chariot, go there. And it says, and Philip ran, underline that word ran, and Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understandest thou what thou readest? In other words, do you understand what you read, okay, what you're reading? Right? The interesting thing, though, is the first part of verse number 30 there, and it says, and Philip ran, okay? The Holy Spirit said, go near, and join yourself to the chariot, and Philip ran. In other words, he didn't hesitate. Right? He didn't hesitate. He didn't drag his feet. You know, God speaks to you and says, this is what I want you to do, and you 
Oh, Lord. Okay, Lord. Okay, Lord. And you're kind of walking slow and you're hesitant, if you will. You're hesitant to go and do what God is telling you to do. All right, all right. It's like you're dragging your feet. Maybe you aren't physically dragging your feet, but but in your heart, in your heart of hearts, you really don't want to do what God is telling you to do. So that you're kind of like dragging your spiritual feet, if you will, to answer the call that God has given to you or to answering the direction that God has given you. But it says here that Philip ran. In other words, he heard God speak to him, Holy Spirit speak. He said, OK, boom, I'm on it. I'm on it, Lord. I'm on it. Okay. And he ran and he asked him, do you understand what you're reading? Verse 31 says, and he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture, which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearer. So opened he not his mouth In his humiliation. His judgment was taken away and who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch said, answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet of this, of himself or some other man? So the eunuch doesn't understand that this is referring to Jesus. Obviously, it says that he was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a dumb, like a lamb, dummy for his shearer. So opened he not his mouth in his humiliation. His judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. But the eunuch wanted to know was Isaiah, the prophet that he was reading. Was he talking about himself or was Isaiah the prophet talking about someone else? Okay, so the eunuch didn't understand. Verse 35 says, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. In other words, he explained to him about Jesus, who Jesus was. He told him about the resurrection and so on and just told him about, about the ministry of Jesus and so forth. Okay, and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? See, see. So he explained Jesus to him. And now this eunuch is all boy. He's on fire. Now he wants to be baptized. He knew nothing about baptism before. And he said he was Ethiopian. He didn't know about Jesus. All right. But now that Philip managed to preach to him, to minister to him. Now, all of a sudden he understood and he was on fire for the Lord. He said, how can I be baptized? In other words. Okay. And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, Thou mayest. If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Oh, my gosh. Here this was meant. This man was an unbeliever before he did not know Jesus. Okay, Philip ministered to him. And now he knows Jesus. He understands. He believes that Jesus is the son of God. All right. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. Okay? And he baptized him. And when he would come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Okay? Now, do you see what really happened there? Okay. Philip had found his there. That was where he needed to be. He needed to be to be where that eunuch was was riding in that carriage, in that chariot going through that land. Okay. And when 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 Philip was where he needed to be, the Holy Spirit gave him direction and told him to go and minister to, to this eunuch. So if Philip had not been obedient to be where to go through that door that God had opened so that he was able to be where he needed to be, where he found his there. He would not have been there to minister to this eunuch and thereby another soul possibly would not have been brought to the Lord, brought to Christ. 
So because of the fact that he was obedient, he met this eunuch, ministered to him, ministered to him about Jesus. The, Jesus uh, the eunuch gave his heart to the Lord. They were baptized. And now you have another soul that is saved. And therefore, God is glorified. Therefore, God is glorified. Another soul saved. You see? See? All of that because Philip was obedient. All right? He went through the door that God had opened for him. And that's what we have to make sure that we are doing. You want to find you're there, then you make sure you look for that door that God has opened and you go through it. When God closes the other door again, like I said, God closes and opens doors, you know, to, 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 to change our directions in life. God closes the door because he doesn't want you to go through that door. There's nothing through that door for you. There's nothing there for you. This is not where God wants you to be. God opens that other door because this is where God wants you to be. There is the place that God wants you to be because there is where you'll be blessed. There is where you'll bless someone else. There is where things will be provided for you the whole time. Okay? Things will be provided for you. We have to make sure that you are there. And in those provisions, there will be anything that you need, by the way, too. Whatever that is that you're waiting for, God will provide. So we see that because of this, again, again, Philip ministered to this uh, Ethiopian eunuch and he was saved and God was glorified. We also see here in Acts uh, chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, and we want to start with verse number 1. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that he may, may, may uh, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Okay, now, in other words, Saul, as we've said in other messages, um, he was a very educated man, a very educated man, and he was uh, 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 re- re- really zealous for the Lord in terms of Hebrew law, okay, Jewish law. He was not a believer in Jesus Christ. So therefore, he was persecuting those that were followers of Jesus Christ. Says Paul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Anyone that was a believer, Saul wanted to make sure they were locked up. So he went to the high priest and he says, give me a a, a letter authorizing me as I go, go to Damascus, authorizing me to capture these people. Any found in the way, in other words, any believers, any that were followers of Jesus Christ, give me letters and permission to, to arrest them, whether they were men or women, that they may be arrested and sent and put into prison. That's what he was saying. Okay. Because the chief, remember now, that the scribes and the Pharisees back there, they were the ruling class of the day. They were so against Jesus because Jesus was there preaching the gospel, the good news. And, and, and it was really showing up what they were not doing as so-called men of the cloth, as so-called religious leaders. They were not doing what God would really want them to do. So Saul was against any follower of Jesus. He said to them, because they're the power structure, you know, they're the power structure. Give me a letter giving me the authority to go through this land, go through the Mac- Damascus. Men and women, children, just lock them up now. Anyone that is a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay, And it says there in verse number three, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly there there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? 
Imagine that. He's on horseback and he's traveling. All of a sudden this light shines and he falls and he hears this voice. Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Okay. Now in translation, what that means is in the Amplified Bible, it says, it is dangerous and will turn out badly for you to keep kicking against the goad, to offer vain and perilous resistance. So Jesus is warning him. He said, it's dangerous for you to keep doing that. You're persecuting me. And they're persecuting Jesus by the fact that you're, you're, you're locking up my followers. You're locking up my believers. Okay. And he says in uh, verse number five, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, who you persecute. It is hard for thee to, to kick against the pricks. It is dangerous for you to keep doing what you're doing. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what you must do. Arise, go into the city, and, and, <clears throat> and it shall be told thee what to do. So now Jesus is giving him some direction. Okay. He said, Lord, what shall I do? He says, get up, go into the city. Verse number seven. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no man. Okay. They heard the other men heard Jesus talking, but they didn't see him. They did not see him. And Saul arose from the earth when his eyes were opened and he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. In other words, in other words he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. Okay. He opened his eyes and he couldn't see. He, he was blind. He was blind. As simple as that. Okay? okay. Saul got up from the ground, but though his eyes were opened, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And it goes on to say there in verse number nine, and he was three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink. Three days without sight and neither eat, didn't eat or drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays. Okay. Now, in this house of Judas, that was Paul's, that was Saul's there. That's where he needed to be. God had sent him, get up and go. He went in and into this house there. Be, that's where he needed to be. That was Saul's there. For one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he's in there praying. And has seen a vision, a man named Ananias coming and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. All right. So in other words, the Lord, the Lord showed Saul what was what had to happen, that someone named Ananias was going to come in and lay hands on him so that he would receive his vision back. Right. Now, if you got a message like that, where God is telling you to go someplace, would you get up and go? Because that's where you're there is. Okay. Would you get up and go? So God told him that go there. And this is where someone is going to come in. Someone's going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And you're going to get your sight back. All right. All right. So Saul w went to where his there was supposed to be. So he was at his there. He found his there. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. Okay. So Ananias is kind of pushing back on God. He said, wait a minute now. You know, this guy goes around, goes around killing Christians. <laughs> he goes around jailing and killing Christians and binding them up. Are you sure this is what you want me to do, Lord? Okay. But the Lord said to him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me 
to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Okay. Now, Saul had no idea that this was going on in the mind of the Lord. Okay. To the contrary, I mean, he was going to stamp out anybody who was, who was following Jesus. All right. He had no idea what God had in mind for him. Okay. But if, if Saul had not followed through that door that he opened for Saul, going to where his there was, Ananias, and for Ananias to pray on him, he, he had no idea of knowing the great things that, 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 that he was going to wind up doing. We all know that Saul later became the Apostle Paul. And we know that the Apostle Paul did mighty great works, wrote many of the Bible, the books in the New Testament. Right? But he didn't know that at the time. He simply followed God's direction. That's what we have to get to the point, get to the point of doing in our lives also. Okay, you want to be at your there, where God wants you to be at that time, where you are going to be blessed, then you have to follow his direction, regardless of how pointless or how irrelevant it may seem to you. Okay, right? you have to make sure that you do that. He says in verse 17, uh, And Ananias went his way and entered into the house, and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way as you came here, has sent me, that thou might receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And immediately there fell from his eyes as if it had been scales, and he received sight forthwith, forthwith and arose and was baptized. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. Then was Saul certain days with the disciples which were at Damascus. And straightway he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Right. What an amazing series of events there. Okay. Here's a man that started out persecuting Jesus, killing those that followed him. Lost his sight. The Lord said, go into the town. He followed. He, he followed his orders. He followed that direction and went. And as a result, he was blessed. His sight was returned to him. And, boy, and then on top of that, boy, he was really blessed in terms of the fact that he was changed and converted into the man that God wanted him to be. He converted him into the man that he wanted him to be. All right. You see, it says that it first in verse number 16, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name. In verse 15, the Lord said to him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. OK. All right. So you don't know what God has in mind for you. Right? You may have a feeling that, you know, you're, you're going to graduate school. You're going to start in a new job. You're going to get these promotions. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. You, you, you know, there's someone in your life that you're going to wind up marrying. I mean, you don't know what God has in mind for you. And during during the during the time, during the uh, the path or the course of you, you, you trying to find and to get to where you think you ought to be, there'll be doors that will be closed because God wants to change your direction. That is not where you need to be through that particular door that he closed. Right? And then he will open another door. All right? And if you insist on not doing or not going through the door that God wants you to go through, you'll keep turning knobs on various doors and they won't open for you. They won't open for you. Okay? Because that is not where God wants you to be. The only way to find you're there is to let God open that door and direct you to go through it. And then you'll find that that's indeed where you need to be. Amen. God is an awesome God. God is an awesome God. And he wants us to simply act on our faith. You have to have faith in him. And faith without works is dead. In other words, you know, you can have all the faith you claim all day long, but if you don't act on that faith, then your faith is dead. Okay. And James, uh, James 2 verse 14 talks all about faith without works is dead. 
Amen. Amen. So praise God. So, so, so remember in going through life, okay, if there's something that you've been praying for, hoping for, really working for, and it doesn't turn out, doesn't pan out for you, and the door gets, quote unquote, the door gets closed on you, closed in your face, remember that, that God has another door that is about to be opened before you. Okay, And God let that door be closed or he closed that door because that's not where he wanted you to go. He did not want you to be in that direction because that was not your there. That was not your there. The place where God will send you, the door that God uh, uh, puts before you that you follow his direction and go through, that will be your there. Okay, And that's where you will be blessed. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And, uh, and uh, if you want to pass on these messages to others that you love and those that you know, or even someone else that may be giving you a hard time. Uh, we can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net, www.genesis1.sermon.net. Look at the top of the page and there'll be a uh, subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified automatically when these messages are available. On YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries, and of course we have our free apps for Android and Apple devices, all free to download. Nothing here costs anything for you, just a little time. All it costs you is some time to spend spend with us and hear the Word of God. Other, other than that, monetary-wise, there's no cost. Everything is free. Uh, you can download these videos or the audio-only portion. You can download free of charge also. Download them, save them for another time or pass them on, you know, and uh, let others let others hear what the Word of God is saying. Amen, amen. So praise God again. Hope this message was a blessing for you, and let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God, and we pray that as we go through the balance of the day or evening and the week ahead of us, O oh Lord God, that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord God, and, and understand that if doors are closed, it's because you are about to open a better and greater door, O oh Lord God, and that we get to the point that we wish to be there where you want us to be, O oh Lord God. So we praise you, Lord God. We magnify thy name. We glorify you in the matchless name of Jesus. And all together, the church said, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, go forth and be blessed. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. Here we are. Thank you, Lord. Yeah.